Well, good morning. It's good to be in God's house, isn't it? Isn't it? We invite the Holy Spirit into this place, and I I hope and I pray that you have felt it. Um, And I hope and pray that we will continue to be more aware of his presence even in this service as we go along. So that's my prayer. Um, I want to say thanks to um, Art and to the praise team just for for truly worshiping, you know, like we've, we've done that. We've worshiped God and he's been here and uh, that's good. Uh, I, I also want to um, reiterate, Dave is away with some well-deserved time off, and I don't know how much recovery he requires after the hike. He's probably fine, so you don't need to worry about him. Um, most of the Boy Scouts made it back, I think, even, so we just left a couple on the hill, so um, <laughs> those parents are aware, and we've notified the authorities. And um, I also want to thank Dave for the, the chance to preach. This is like the third time in three months, I think, so once in June and once in July, and once now, and he even warned you that I was preaching and you all showed up, so um, I, I thank you for that too. Some of you weren't here last week, so you're like, oh, they got me, but uh, uh, I'm honored that we can gather and learn together this week. Um, today, we're going we're gonna to turn to the Psalms. Uh, I invite you to open up your Bibles to Psalm 128. 128, there's 150 chapters in the book of Psalms. We're not going to cover all 150 of them, but uh, open up your Bibles, point your devices to Psalm 128. If you would stand as I read God's Word today in honor of these words that we read, I would appreciate it. If you're able, Psalm 128. Today I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to Him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Peace be on Israel. The word of the Lord. We say thank you, Father, for your word. Please be seated. So this is an example. I I don't know if you have, I have it in my Bible. So it says Psalm 128, and right below it is some words that aren't part of Scripture, but it's kind of a description of the psalm. Do you have that in your Bible? Maybe some of you do. It says, a song of a sense. Not like sense, like smelly sense and not sense like change, okay? But songs of ascent, to ascend or to go up. Um, and I don't know if you remember this. Some of you were around and some of you weren't. But back in July of 2014, yes, it's three years ago. I, I had to dig that back deep for this. But, but in, in July of 14, we went through a series called Tunes for the Trail. And Pastor Dave took us through a series of the Psalms of Ascent, and so you can go on our website, a little plug here, centralachurch.com, go to multimedia, look at the video player, open up the video player, and you can scroll all the way back to July of 2014. I did that today, or this week. Um, July 13th of 2014 was the opening message 
of this Tunes for the Trail series that we did on the Psalms of Ascent. Well, he didn't get around to 128, and so he suggested, why don't you do that one, because I didn't get around to it, because we didn't have enough weeks to cover all the Psalms of Ascent. And I said, sure, why not? Um, but, but basically, the Psalms were this songbook, this worship songbook for the people of Israel. And the Psalms of Ascent really had two focuses, songs that, that the, psalm, the Psalms of Ascent were songs that were sung oftentimes as the people would pilgrimage to Jerusalem. There were multiple times per year that, that the faithful uh, Hebrew people would, would, would journey to, to Jerusalem, and they would supposedly sing these songs, especially the Songs of Ascent, as they went into Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem stood on a, on a hill. It was a city on the top of a hill. So literally, um, there, there's this song of ascent as they ascend the mountain in Jerusalem on pilgrimage to go to the temple. They would sing these songs of ascent. But there's also the, the metaphorical ascent, right, that we're, we're getting close to God, that we're journeying close to God. And, and in that, we sing these songs of ascent as we're on pilgrimage. And, and really, it's a pretty, pretty basic psalm here, right? We're, we're, we're told to do two things. We're supposed to fear God. We're supposed to walk in obedience. Did you catch that? First verse, fear God, all who fear God, who walk in obedience to Him. And, and, and a lot of really, 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 really good things happen to us, right? So there's, um, you eat the fruit of your labor, Okay, blessings and prosperity are going to be yours. Your wife is going to be like a fruitful vine. Okay, uh, and, and your children will be like olive shoots around your table. This will be the blessings, right? Um, it happens your whole life long. You get to be grandparents, and peace abounds, and life's good. Yay, we're all happy, right? That, that's that's kind of how the psalm presents itself. So a really, really good sermon might look like, you know, we take a look at these great things that are, that are supposed to happen, and, and, I, and, and, and I would like talk to you about those, and I get you really motivated. Hey, I want these things. It's going to really motivate you. And then I would tell you how to fear God better, and how to obey the Lord better, and, and then you could do those things really, really well, and then you get all those things that we talk about. <laughs> Unfortunately, you don't get a really good sermon. You get my sermon today. So uh, that's, not, that's not where we're going to go. That's not where we're going to go today. Um, these Psalms of Ascent were, were playlists or songbooks for the pilgrimage of the ancient Hebrews. You know, my family had these songs when we would travel. I don't know if you had these songs. When I was growing up, we took many trips actually up here to the Pacific Northwest. I had both sets of grandparents that lived on the west side of the state. And so our family, at least once in the summer, always at Christmas, maybe one other time, pack all up in the car and we head up, okay? And, and we had these road songs, right? We didn't have DVD players in the cars. I know. <laughs> we were persecuted as children. Um, we didn't have, so, so we sang songs, 99 bottles of Coke on the wall, 99 bottles of Coke, um, you know, other road songs. Every time we crossed the Columbia River, right, what did we sing? Roll on, Columbia, roll on, roll on. Do you guys know this song? Okay, some of you don't know this song, some of you do. I apologize. Uh, it's just, it was just our narrative, right? Growing up 
in my household, in the Freeburg household, these were our songbooks. These were our playlists. We didn't have an iPod. We had our voices. And there's something about singing together when you're in the car, when you're trucking along, that helps pass the time. But, but these are like spiritual ones, spiritual songs that we get in, in the Psalms. We had, we had one of those too. And I, I want to sing a little bit of it for you. Um, let's see if any of you know it. It goes like this. Oh, Lord, I hope you're not too busy to hear a little servant's prayer. There's not much that I can do, but I promise to be true. Oh, Lord, please listen while I pray. How many of you have ever heard that song? One, two, three. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so a few of you haven't. I didn't know if my dad like made it up or what the deal was, but there's a few of you that have heard it, so that's great. Um, my sisters and I just recently, just earlier this year, pulled that out of nowhere and started singing it, and I can only sing melodies, so that's what they, I sang, and they all broke into parts. It was, it was really kind of cool, but it was burned in my mind. Like, I hated it as a kid, right? Like, come on, Dad, do we have to sing the song again? Um, and so I've, I've kind of spared my kids from forcing them to sing the song, but when they're old like me, they're probably not going to have it burned in their head like I did. But there's a little problem with some of these ditties that we learn to sing that help pass the time, these playlists in our head. The theology of that song is really bad. <laughs> really bad. Did you hear what I said? Oh, Lord, I hope you're not too busy to hear a little servant's prayer. Like, this is bad theology, right? Uh, But the priority in songs that we write, especially ones when we don't have instruments and we're just singing in the car, is singability, is remembering them and singability. And I'm sure my dad was taught the song by his dad, and it went back a few few generations. But songwriters do this all the time. The priority is singability. Some really bad theology that we don't agree with in in hymns. Some really bad theology that we don't agree with in gospel songs. There's some really bad theology that we don't agree with in choruses. But they're still good. They still inspire. They still speak to us. And they help pass the time when you don't have a DVD player, too. So, um, but my all-time favorite chorus to pick on um, is one, and I I don't remember who the author is, and I apologize to this author, but is is Draw Me Close to You. Heard the song? Draw me close to you. Never let me go. This is how the chorus goes. You're all I want. (laughs) <laughs> and my mind goes, I'm in the middle of the song, right? I'm supposed to be worshiping God. And I go, ah, I kind of want like a house over my head. And I, I want food for my kids. I kind of, even a Coke would be nice right now. And, but yeah, God's in there too. I do want God, but you're all I want. Anyway, let's keep singing. You're all I ever needed besides air and food, and water, and shelter, and job to support my family. Well, when you think about it, there are plenty of people who don't have God, and they're doing just fine. 
So I really need that? Not, not need right now. I don't know. I, I just get weird like that, right? Like it's, it's a bad habit. Don't ever do that. I shouldn't, I shouldn't teach you. I don't mean to pick on this song, but I, and it's a really great song, okay? It's a, I love the song. I sang it as a kid in high school, and then I just started thinking about the lyrics one day, and that, that hurt it for me. But I remember singing it in church camp with, with, like our, with our youth group. It's a, it's a great song that speaks about us surrendering where we are, coming close to God and realizing that God has drawn close to us already. But it's, it's kind of a little exaggeration. It's kind of hyperbole, right? You're all that I want. You're all that I need. It's a little bit of exaggeration. But songs do that. Songs do that. Songs express the heart of what we believe. So getting back to Psalm 128, I've got problems with this psalm. So some of you probably just think I have problems, but <laughs> you'd be right. Uh, but, but here's my problems. I know some folks that I discern, I look at their lives and I say, these people fear God, and they're very obedient to the precepts that God has laid out. And this doesn't look like their life prosperity and blessing isn't the isn't their story isn't their narrative they're struggling right now people who faithfully follow after god and consistently worship god who struggle to conceive struggle to 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 grow a family it says i'm supposed to have a fruitful family, one that grows and one that, one that blossoms, people who can't catch a break or people who remain single and desire companionship, who, who have multiple miscarriages, can't carry to term, people who have children who rebel and cause for them a literal hell on earth as their hearts break over the choices that they make. Lives are cut short by cancer or an accident or a heart issue that nobody knew about. And it doesn't line up. God, Psalm 128 says, Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to Him. And then it says, You will. Your wife will. Your children will. This will be the blessing. And I struggle with that, guys. It's in the Bible. But I know people who are very faithful in their worship of God who don't have these things. My other problem, I've got lots of problems. Uh, my other problem, what about people whose life is great but people who have no respect for God, no fear of God, Faith isn't a part of their story. Clearly are not obedient towards God's precepts who seem to be just doing fine right now. Sometimes people, uh, we like to think um, people who try to do life are without God are just kind of these mean curmudgeon people, right? Like they've kind of got 
a gruff and tough attitude and they don't care about anybody but themselves. I know people who don't follow God, who don't walk with Him, that are extremely generous, that embody the life of Christ in ways that they don't even understand, who I admire and I try to be like. And yet, even without the fear of God and even without obedience to God, they seem to have just this amazing, like all of these, all of these things coming true. Children like olive shoots, faithful spouse, fruitful spouse, faithful and fruitful spouse, um, seeing their children's children. I just made that up on the fly right there. Um, sometimes I hear, well, you know, they have this, this deep hole, this deep void in their lives, and, and they don't know how bad they have it. <laughs> and I don't think that's the message we need to send to them either. But what I, what I want to say is it doesn't look like the psalm works out. You know? It doesn't look like the psalm works out. So what do we do? And how do we understand what, it, what we read? It certainly is not a formula. It's certainly not X plus Y equals Z, right? Like, it's not formulaic. Um, I, I, I get really frustrated with this approach to Scripture. Um, I, I don't think, I really think this is, a, this, is a, this is a God book. This is a faith book. It's not a math book. It's not a science book. It's not an instruction manual on how to get all the results that you want, how to achieve all these things. Sometimes people use Scripture that way. And I think it's a, song, a book about knowing God. I'm not a big fan of, of trying to, to figure out the book in the, the, that way, master this book. We don't master the text. Instead, it masters us. And it captures our heart and, and causes us to be more like Christ and invites us into deep relationship with Christ. That's what this book means. And that's what this book does. This calls us to a new place. It's not instructions on how to get blessed, how to turn your life around in three easy steps and have a great life in seven days. But the first thing that we can do is read this book, read this psalm in context of, of what it is. It's a song. It's a song of ascent. It's a traveling song. It's the song that they sing on pilgrimage. Hebrew family packs up, their, packs up their kids, throws them on a camel if they got one. They probably didn't. Uh, and they start walking up the hill. I didn't go on the 50-mile hike. Did you walk up a hill? Oh, yeah, they walked up a hill, right? And they needed a song. And they sang this song because it spoke to the deep levels of their faith. And they trudged along long paths from city to city, uh, I also find it helpful to read this psalm for us today in the context of the whole book. Um, if you have your Bible out or if you still have your device powered on and, and you're still with me, not checking Facebook, uh, turn to Psalm 43 for me, if you would. Psalm 43. Also a part of the Psalter, the, this collection of songs, psalms and songs, um, but it embraces a very different tone, a very different message. Let's start at the beginning of Psalm 43. It says this, Vindicate me, my God 
and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. We'll stop there. What a different picture. I want Psalm 128. Let's go back there, Freeberg. What are you doing? Here we talk about the rejection of God. Vindicate me, cries the psalmist. I need rescue. I walk about mourning and oppressed. Lead me and send me your light. So if we're truly going to understand Psalm 128, I really think we need Psalm 43. Collected in the same book of songs that we have recorded today, we have these opposite ends of the spectrum, don't we? Opposite ends of the spectrum. The way I frame this that really is the most helpful for me is to imagine the breadth of life and understand that these psalms literally turn into our prayers, our resounding chorus of praise and our desperate cries for help. I challenge you this week to look at some of the Psalms. Psalm 1, uh, delight in God's law. Be like a tree that's planted by a, a stream that grows even in the heat of summer. Felt the heat of summer this week? Even in the heat of summer, this tree grows strong and luscious and green. <clears throat> Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Right? Psalm 23. Psalm 46. Lord, let me be still. Let me be still. Sometimes our lives are so frantic, so spinning with things to do. Let me be still. Show me once again that you are God. Psalm 128, this is the one we read. Blessings, prosperity, wrought by the fear of the Lord and by obedience. Psalm 43, the one we also read. Vindicate me. Why have you rejected me, Lord? It's not the picture of God we often hear, but that's the cry of the heart of the songwriter in that moment. Psalm 136 Love endures forever, over and over again. Love endures forever. Read Psalm 136 this week sometime. Write that, jot that down. Read Psalm 136. His love endures forever, blah, blah, blah. His love endures forever, blah, blah, blah. His love endures forever. Tell you what, just in that short review, we have it all. It's all there. All of life in the book of Psalms, from the good to the holy to the bad to the ugly, the whole of human experience is found in this psalm book. And the only way to understand Psalm 128 is to see it all. I think we miss that sometimes. I have a friend, um, a friend who talks about this. He says, "Where? take a look at the worship music. Okay, listen to Air One, listen to K-Love, uh, listen to the latest album, um, he asked this, where are the laments today? Who's writing the laments today? 
Don't steal my joke. Um, uh, where are the lyrics that complain about the enemies that have surrounded me? Where are the songs that say my world is falling apart? He, he, he's a professor, and he says to his students, if any of you become songwriters, I want, this is your project. Write some laments and make them popular on Christian radio. That's tough to do. It's tough to do. Secular music has this. Secular music has laments. We call it country music. You know? There's the old joke that what do you do if you get, or what happens if you play country music backwards? Get your wife back, your dog back, your truck back, you know, get all that. <laughs> it's a bad joke, I'm sorry. But turn on some jazz blues. <laughs> I remember, I remember turning, uh, developing like this playlist in, I think it was high school or it was college, um, and, and there was this like up playlist that had, you know, these songs. And then there's this down playlist that I had that just spoke of yearning and longing and, and love that was realized and, and spoke to deeper parts. When I wasn't in the mood for this, sometimes I was in the mood for this. And I think when we play music, you want music that sings back what you feel. Sometimes when you play music, you just want music that sings back what you feel. I love that ancient Israel had this record of this sad song, this lament that shows that life's real. That it's not all blessings and prosperity. So where does this leave us with 128? If 128 isn't a formula, and this isn't a math book, and if we, if we only read this in context of the beautiful and heartful laments that are also found in the psalm, what do we do with this psalm of ascent? I'm increasingly convinced that one of the best ways to read these two types of psalms is in, within the context of the other. Henry Nouwen writes this book, um, or wrote this book called Can You Drink the Cup? And in this book, he, he views life in the metaphor of the cup of Eucharist. That in the cup of Eucharist and within our lives, we have deep, deep sorrows and we have wonderful, wonderful joy. All swirled together, all mixed up together in the same cup. And in this book, he encourages the readers that as we take the cup and as we receive the cup at, the, at that moment of remembering Christ our Savior, we hold the cup, realizing all that's within. We lift the cup, surrendering this cup, our life, back to God, saying it's yours, the good and the holy and the bad and the ugly, and then drinking the cup to its bitter end the sweet part and the smooth part and the gritty part down at the bottom and the bitter parts as well. That we drink it all to the dregs. And we say, this is our, this is our cup. And now one does a beautiful job of, of painting a picture that is worshipful, but also real, true to life and true to form.
2017 has been one of those years for me. Um, joy and sorrow. Um, had the privilege and the burden this year of watching my mom's body shut down on her um, and being the child that, that realized and got to call the other children saying, it's not receiving nutrition anymore. She can't, she can't take anything in and I'm not sure what this quality of life is like. And you guys have experienced that. Many of you have. Um, and I was privileged to be that for my mom. But it's also been a year of great joy, of great and profound joy. I'm going to invite one of my favorite people up here. There's a lot of them right there. Um, just two Fridays ago, on July 28th of 2017, my year of joy and sorrow, this little one entered our family by adoption. It's a surreal experience that you walk into a courtroom simply entrusted with the care of a life, and you walk out of the courtroom family. I can't can't describe those feelings. I can't describe what it means. And she's been a part of us and a part of our family since she joined us. But we made it official. And she's Alicia. There's floating You had to warm up a little bit. Do it again. Yeah. Um, there you go. We made it official. And it's a beautiful thing. One, a picture of Psalm 43. The deepest, toughest sorrow. And one, a picture of Psalm 128. The deepest joy. And adopted his family. Do you want to go back and see mom? You just want to stay here? Yeah. You just want to stay here, don't you? This is what I feel about Psalm 128. I'm not entitled to anything. Read through that list. I'm not, I'm not entitled to anything. Sometimes I feel that I deserve it. God, I'm, I'm trying to be faithful. I'm trying to walk with you. I'm trying to fear you and be obedient to your precepts. Where is all of this? It's not an entitlement list. Do you want to go back and see mom? Go get mama. Oh, there comes Jalen. Go, 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 go. Oh, there you go. Go get Jalen. Okay. All right. I got a passenger for the rest of the time. We're not entitled to it. We're not entitled to blessing and prosperity. We're not entitled to a fruitful wife. I got, I got plenty of children. I'm not suffering in that department. Um, we're not entitled to children who are olive shoots. Uh, 
We're not entitled to long life or seeing our children's children. But in that moment of pilgrimage to the city of Jerusalem, perhaps the author of this song was just on top of the world at that moment. Just understanding the blessings of God and and the joys of this life. One commentator even suggested that this was was like a heading home music. This was the playlist for heading, heading home. If you turn back to Psalm 128, Look at the last lines. It says this. May you live, or sorry, uh, verse 5. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Maybe they were headed home. They're like, we want, we want to remember this. Let, let's sing about the joy of Zion, the joy of Jerusalem. Let, we never want it to leave. We never want it to end. Have you ever had those experiences? That residual glow that you feel after you encounter God in a deep way. It's like the after camp feeling. I was in youth ministry for a long time. It's hard to give up that metaphor. Um, that, that after that great worship experience feeling. But I want to make space today for someone else. Someone feeling like they're in a different place. Maybe the enemies are surrounding you. Maybe you feel abandoned and rejected and you hear that Psalm 43 and you say, that's me. Why, God, are you rejecting me? And Psalm 128 may make you feel like maybe I just don't fear God enough. Maybe I'm just not obeying enough. And that's not the message we want to send. Certainly we don't want to be flippant about sin. I don't want to write a blank check saying, well, live however you want. But it's not a formula. It's not like do X and Y and all these things come true. And today, if you feel a lot more like, a lot more like Psalm 43 than Psalm 128, then the Psalms are still for you. Or you can go back now. Kind of gets boring up here, doesn't it? Can you go back to mom? Hope go to Z. Go to Z. No. Okay. It's kind of boring up here, but it's really scary down there too. Um, I gotta. I want to be very careful to to not lay upon layers of guilt and shame, saying I'm just not doing it right. If you're walking. In the fear of the Lord, that's going to make a big noise if you're able to touch that. i put you on this side. Um, if you're walking in fear, and if you're walking in obedience with the Lord, um, then this isn't necessarily a, a psalm that, that uh, lines up for you all the time, and maybe today. Go see mom. Go, go. There you go. She's... There you go. Thanks. Then maybe it doesn't line up for you today, and I want to give space for that too. Today, the invitation is simply this, to sing your song to God. Wherever you find yourself, to sing your song to God. I truly believe that God is big enough. God is great enough. God's love is awesome enough 
to absorb our honesty and to handle the brutal truth? Are you weeping and broken? Do you feel like God is rejecting you? Sing your song to God. Are you so grateful today that blessing and prosperity has come to your home? You realize you live a very blessed life. Lord, forgive us when we feel entitled to that. We're not entitled to anything. But you feel it today and you want to sing your song to God, a psalm of ascent that says blessing and prosperity are mine because of you, God. Today, the invitation is to sing our song to God for God can handle our honesty. We fully, vulnerably place ourselves in God's hand wherever we are, knowing that this good God will care for us. And the other side of that is that we invite God in. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Amen. I'm going to ask Art and the praise team uh, to come back up. I'm going to ask that we sing that song again, Holy Spirit, the whole song, if that's possible. This, this song is not a lament for those, that, for those of you that find yourself in a Psalm 43 place. This song is not a lament. It's kind of reflective, but it says, Tasted and seen the sweetest of loves. Heart becomes free. My shame is undone. But let me tell you this that whether you're Psalm 43 today or you're Psalm 128, the chorus becomes our anthem. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere, fill our cups, fill our lives. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. Your presence, Lord. Maybe you came to church today feeling great, feeling on top of the world, feeling that blessing and prosperity that God has brought and that we fight and struggle to not feel entitled to. Perhaps you want to come today and say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. In my joy, I give you honor and glory and credit for what you've done in my life. And maybe you came to church today broken undone and your prayer today will be Holy Spirit come into this place I feel alone I feel rejected but you're there you're here and I need you I'm going to pray a short prayer and after that we'll sing these lyrics together but if you want to come to the altar this altar is not a magical place nothing special about being in this location up in front. But it is a special place to connect with God. If those are your stories, a Psalm 128 story or a Psalm 43 story, I invite you to come after we pray. Father, thank you for today and thank you for your presence in this place already. Would you continue to be here as we sing this song, as people pray, whether from the altar or from their seat, trust you are here and you are listening and you are sufficient for what we need. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.